This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook channels with the Velvix. And um, there we are. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for having us. Yeah, we, we're going to, what we like to do with every band we have put on ever since we got into video is we have the ability to actually show a, a piece of the band's work on their YouTube channel. And so what we've got queued up is a video they have for their song Run. And we're going to actually play that in its full entirety. And then we're going to get into the interview with the band. So just hold on and um, we're going to show this so people get a flavor of what you sound like before we Excellent. go into depth. Yeah, I think that's a good good plan. Yeah, as it seems to work, we've been doing it. <laughs> awesome. So, so here we're going to go with the song Run and um, then we'll put you on mute and then we'll we'll catch you on the back end. Dancing, mama. Shoots off with a little revolver. Vanguards drop the needle. Force me across the border. I show no resistance, no, 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 no one needs witness. We don't want to mess with me, no. Never, never go tumble. Now he's got the picture. Yeah. I want to make a statement. Your friends are so little. Next round should be water. Don't try to be easy. Yo, 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 You run away from death. 
and the song run and we're coming back so we are back now so there you can you go. yes loud and clear. yeah cool <laughs> making a transition sometimes that doesn't work right but uh, we got it right <laughs> um yeah that's a really cool sound because i'm a big fan of like bands you know because i'm mm-hmm. you can see I'm, I'm i'm a musician i'm a keyboardist but you see all my gear back there I, yeah, I, play, yeah. Like, I play like real real keyboards not i like, see the cockpit yeah, yeah, not, not jumping up and down on the CDJ. I'm kind of, <laughs> I know that's what the thing is today, but I'm kind of old school. I'm in my fifties, so you know, yeah. I, I was I was always on a board or on a on a, on a Fender or on a clarinet or a saxophone. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's I I like I like seeing people who are still playing instruments. That's cool, right? There's something there's something that still echoes in which uh, it's something tribal, you know. It echoes. It's just. Uh, yeah. We play for thirteen-year-old kids, and they get you know. Music is like when it comes from it, when it's made in front of you, it's it's impactful. Yeah, know? it's real. Yeah, yeah. there's something about it because I mean, I'm, I I was you know I started off. I'm a child of the '70s, right? So I was growing up to Zeppelin and Hendrix and Allman Brothers, yeah. and, and everybody. You know, I was in basement bands, and we we're playing, trying to play the Clash and. You that's know, amazing. The, oh, I mean, that's the prime. That's where everything that we listen from, uh, listen to, comes from. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, it's just it, cool it, to to, it's to see guys still doing of, it. Rock, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, rock is cool because a lot of people say it's always like, oh, going away because there's so many other forms today that are not rock. But yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but but you know, rock is still to me is like a core of what I'm into, even though like I get associated with electronics, but. I'm still more like if, like a Genesis is like the kind of okay. band I was like into, yeah. you know, oh, or yes, excellent. cool, <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, bands like that or Pink Floyd. I mean, that's kind of like that's where I'm coming from. But you guys, um, like you, you're talking about coming back to the basement. Like that's where I started. I was in the basement with my brothers, you know, trying to be a black punk band, you know. <laughs> um, but that's you guys, cool. uh, you, awesome. you had you, 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 so you guys are from like Brazil. Is that, is that yeah, okay? yeah. We yeah. we all met there, but the band was uh, finally it, it became a band in the basement in, in Bad Style. 
Yeah, New York. Yeah. But that's a yeah. really good bone. You know, because they got the CBGB vibe. He got the old kind of, you know. Remote. Yes, absolutely. And that's what brought us here. You know, we were like, hey, let's uh, let's go to the land of the rock and roll and make some rock music and see what happens. <laughs> well, I always ask people when they get into music. One of the first questions I always ask is like, like, when did you first get into music? Like, what age did you know got you interested in wanting to be a musician? I'd say I was, I, I was brought to America at the age of six, seven, very young with my family, with my parents. And, and we went to Florida and Miami. We spent a huge chunk of my uh, um, childhood until like the age of 13. And then we came back to Brazil and, uh, then back again to America for another year was kind of crazy moment. And that moment I found music. Uh, my brother brought a guitar home and he was my older brother. He still is like means the world to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw him playing guitar, that guitar, like nylon guitar. And I, you know, and then he would walk away, do something else. And I looked at that and I sat down with that and I'd say 14, 15, and then my life changed. Like, and then, and then I'm here. Like, it's like I've never <laughs> left that gold guitar again. It was was my thing, and it really helped me. Uh, I adapt and socialize and bring down walls and shields and just straight connect to people. And it was besides being a therapy, you know. Uh, well, it's a big melting pot because there's so many bands. Like you hear the story, like the Van Halen's, right? They, you know, English wasn't their first language and yeah. Alice, you know, but yeah. they loved rock and that helped them connect. Like, cause then they're, you know, in that world, you would think everybody would love their Van Halen's, but they were kind of being bullied. Uh, wow. But then when yeah. they, but then when they, like people saw how good, you know, they were, Alex was on the drums and Eddie was on the guitar. Then it's like, and then David Lee Roth came along and it kind of opened it up because they couldn't really voice it. They could do the really? drums. I, and I, the I, yeah. But then when they found like the guitars, but you see a lot of stories of a lot of different immigrant bands or people in bands that were yeah, immigrants yeah. and they found this kind of vibe that they get pulled into the whole kind of rock thing, you know, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, African-American. So blues and Louisiana and jazz. No, that's like where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Big influence of like everything that I'm into. It came from the church, came from blues, came from rock. And um, that's amazing. You have no idea how the echoes all over the world in Brazil. It's, like I, I know people that their dream is to go to to attend a, a church mass with like you know real gospel, like gospel choir yeah. like down south, deep south. Yeah, because that's where like Aretha Franklin and a lot of the Motown you artists. Like, it gave me the chills. Like you know, it's 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 Marvin Gaye. I mean, all those guys, all the Temptations and the Four Tops, they all come from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 like people want they they go to Louisiana, they go to Mississippi, they go to the Delta, you know, they go to Alabama. They, yeah. they 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 go to you know Georgia just just to try to pick that vibe up. Even the Stones used to come into Muscle Shoals yeah, yeah, to yeah. try to pick up that vibe. Yeah, and it's real. I mean, it's a real vibe. You're like I got like a lot of what I know how to do is because of church. Yeah, I, I learned how to play the keyboards wow. not because I was trained, but because like church that's teaches amazing. kind of this teaches you, and it's because it's got this African American kind of tradition of this music. Yeah. And you pick up on it, and then you go like, "Well, I want to. I don't want to just do gospel. I want to do some punk." Yeah, I, I get the rock. chills. I'm not kidding. It's amazing. It is. It is a vibe. It is something that, if, if um, 
like I said, I know people that they, their bucket list is to attend like a mass, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is, it's like a real thing. It's kind of like, it's like the big import export that America has is our art. Yeah, you know, for sure. art, yeah. art is like, and music has been a big primary thing of like how we communicate yeah. with the, rest of the world and we yeah. give something positive. And that's, all these that's, other things yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. look at and say, well, is that positive? But the music is somewhat positive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so let me into the, the idea of working on music. So your brother was playing guitar, you picked up on it. So did you just primarily stay with vocals and like lyrics or did you pick up another, an instrument? Or just be your no, voice? I was, cause it was very, um, it's uh, funny. It was a very old nylon guitar that had like two, uh, E strings, you know, like uh, instead of the entire, it was like super, it was like whatever, but <laughs> it was enough to introduce me to that world. And I spent like most of my teenage years in bed and not sophisticating uh, performing, but songwriting, mm -hmm. you know, I spent yeah, time cool. writing songs. Like I'm, I don't know, I must have like, rec like on record, like uh almost 3000 songs that probably 200 might be good but mm -hmm. you know it took it, it it's a, le a, a, a learning yeah. curve you know and, and you like and i listened to tapes of when i was a kid and it's endearing but it's like i would never share with anybody but i listened to myself with the first i see where i come from i'm like wow you know like just sit it's like f learning how to fly a jet. Spend those yeah. 10,000 hours doing whatever that you will get the hang of it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like the muscle memory. Like like a lot of yeah. musicians, like I did it because, you know, I, I, I was going to school, right? I was being taught on a clarinet and a flute. And that's not okay. really a rock instrument, right? So I'm like, no. so then I've been like, I picked up keyboards because like I love watching the doors. I'm like, Oh, yeah. that Ray yeah. Manzurek, that that's it, right? Yeah, you know, I look yeah. at the Almond Brothers, he's, he's, and Greg Almond on the backbone, yeah, yeah, on a Hammond B three, and I'm looking like Stevie Wonder and Herbie Hancock, and I was like, okay, that's what I tried to do guitar, I couldn't do it. My brother mm -hmm. could do the guitar, and then I said, well, what can I do? And that's rock, and then I'm looking at like all these rock bands that have keyboards, like Yes and Emerson, like in Palmer yeah. and Genesis, yeah. and I said, well, there's some cool stuff you can do with that. And so I started. And even the trying. bands that don't have <laughs> piano or keys, when you see them live, they have somebody there, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it gives you that other flavor. You know, when you bring, a, even if you just have a regular piano, you listen to the Stones. Yeah. Like once the Stones introduced piano, like on like Exile on Main Street yeah. and other songs, then it brings like some intricacies and some stuff that you can do that when yeah. you just have the guitar, you can't do it. Um, no, no, no. It just brings, it's, and I know uh, I've always found fascinating uh, keys because you literally look at music on a totally different perspective. And I do, I'm a huge believer of the instrument that you write a song on has a huge impact on the song. You yeah, know, if you're true. like more rhythm, piano, you got the, 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 uh, the melody and you got the, the percussion, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you can do the bass. You can, you. I love the the reason I got into keyboards is because I could write the song. Because I was in yeah. a garage band, right? And I was trying to do guitar, and we we're doing all this punk stuff. And I said, well, some like I was the primary songwriter. And I said, well, if I use these keyboards, I can write everything. Yeah, so you got you got like, everything. Yeah, you yeah, got the like bass. You got everything there, and it's in your eyes, and you can see. You know, it's different. I have something because I'm not. Um, 
educated guitar player. I'm self-taught. Mm-hmm. So I adapt myself to what works for me. So I'm always yeah. starting songs on E and mostly because uh, the, the E gives me range, high yeah. and low range, visual high and low range, so I can see where I can go. Where you, you know, I, yeah. I can't read music and say, okay, I'm going to try this. So it's important for me to see where I can go to and, and work around that. And when I started showing uh, the band uh, music and stuff, uh, the guitar player would say, okay, there's a lot of the bass that you're doing here that you you don't need to do that. We're gonna we're gonna have a bass player. And in my world, I had to do it. I would do walking bass and guitar. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. But it was not, yeah, 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 exactly. So and it's not uh, when you have a band, don't worry about that. You know, to the point that now, like some um, the most recent shows, I. I may play a song or two in the guitar, but when it's something that's to do with gear or whatnot, I just sing. And it's and now we're getting the like uh, we're getting to the moment of that the band is really the synergy is really happening and it's it's guys, very cool. You know, you know your roles. Yeah, it's interesting because like I was in you know I like the keyboard like I said because I can write the parts. I can I can put down a rudimentary bass line. I can put the chords down. I could give the chart to a guitar player. And of course. The guitar player might take what I did and then use Beatle chords, right? Okay, or, yeah. or or try to come at it like Keith Richards or try to yeah, come at it like Chuck Berry or try to come at it like, like you know, Lightning Hopkins yeah. or something. You just come yeah. at it a different way. But I would give them an example. Like, here's what I think the song could be. And then I would let everybody go and take it. Like, like I'd yeah. have like a drum beat coming off an 808 or a 909. And then I say, hey, I know you're a drummer. You're going to take that and make it way more elaborate. This was just exactly. an example. Now it's yeah, like a click track. Yeah. I just put something down and I say, you guys don't have to like stay within this, but this is just something because I wrote, I, yeah. I was writing this, all the this songs. This is, we call this, it's the seed, right? We call this is the yeah, seed, yeah. right? Where are we going to grow from it? Yeah. Yeah. And I always like to say, hey, you know, pull all the parts out and just redefine them. I just had something to start with. And then sometimes yeah. we say, hey, we hate that. Let's just jam. And then the jam yeah. wouldn't end up being better than what I wrote. And I yeah, was always saying, fine. Sure. Like, like if we throw out eighty percent of what I wrote and we just go with the jam, that's fine. Exactly. <laughs> and but there's but there's something to that too. I mean, I've seen so many people that it's so they're so s- stuck to what is, you know, ex- expected in his head, and that can be harmful. You know, like if you have the wisdom and be wise to understand that, that's also a huge part of of being in the band of saying, you know what, this is sounding like like not even to say better, but different in a way that everybody's connected and everybody's having fun and everybody's putting their, their guts and their, their, their sweat into it. And you see their faces and there's a smile all around. It's way well, it's better cool than you have a band that's responsible fully... for every part of it. You know? Yeah. I think it's cool when you have a band that's fully engaged is sometimes in, in the life of a band, you come to practice and then nobody has anything. And so and then you come to practice and people have something. So it's kind of a different, different day, different scenario, right? So if you get a yeah. band where like, like some days nobody's got it, right? So then I'm, I'm like, I was the primary songwriter. I would always have something. But then it's like, if somebody came that day and they ha- say, hey, let's just jam, I said, fine. Because then you guys want to do something. So it's kind of like yeah. if a band wanted to do it, then yeah. I let them like go with it. And then yeah. if they, they came in and like, I don't got nothing. Then, then we, yeah. let's go with the demo, you know, and yeah. you kind of, you kind of just go with the feel of the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
We yeah, we they're... made uh, <laughs> one of our songs that hit me like sugar. It's one of our most known songs between our followers in the live scene. Uh, was we started literally because band practice for us is like bring a six pack and it's time for us to have fun you know friends hanging mm -hmm. out you know so we everybody got a six pack and we sit back and before we play there's like we spend a, like a huge chunk of time just talking and whatnot and then the bassist he got the, the, the he turned on the bass and and to get the volumes on and stuff he started which is the riff of that you know and yeah, yeah. the song almost came out automatically like that the drummer started and the guitar player started and then it was like it's it, almost like if the song existed and it was in a different yeah, frequency the, and then we just tuned into it yeah i've heard a lot of bands say that like the song is in the ether it's in the wind right and they yeah just yeah hendrix was yeah. famous for getting into yeah. trouble when he was on the chitlin circuit Jimi hendrix you know was backing up the isley brothers he was backing yeah. up little richard he's backing all these people up and and they would be like doing these recording sessions and then sometimes hendrix would just go off and do something that was like hendrix it wasn't it wasn't little richard it wasn't it wasn't the isley brothers yeah. and they'd say what, what are you doing and then he said, well, you know, I just picked up on this. I didn't want to let it go yeah, because yeah. I might lose it. So I yeah. put, I let, I, I'm using your tape. And he said, well, you shouldn't be using our tape for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Hendrix was Hendrix. And so he was like, they're taking advantage if he could. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he knew where he's going to be. He knew he was going to get bigger. But, you know, I kind yeah. of feel like that was kind of the story that he felt like he could, he was picking yeah. up things. Like yeah, he get, it is. He I, was like taking things up out of the cosmos or something, and he no, just I had totally to put it down. That. He just yeah. had to put it down. So I'm like, I can get that. I, I get yeah. that totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, um, so you realized you had a talent. You started, you know, working on it. But when did you feel like you wanted to write your own music? Um, and that's like a big difference because there are people who become like studio musicians people that you know that work in, in orchestras yes yes, yes what made you decide you want to write your own music uh that's a good question i just for starters i i i think i was blindly in love with making music and i don't think that i yeah i did i think i had a talent but i don't think i was like wow i am amazing at this but while this does wonders to my life, to my head, to my body, to my to my relationship with my family, to my to me as a dude, like uh, you know, to everything in school. It, it just it just clicked something in me with music, and I developed that and 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 uh, spent time from the get go starting to try to write my own stuff. I knew like I knew it was like baseless and and it was you know, like sounded very immature or or very childish but uh it was awesome and I would show it to a friend or another and like my brother I would show it to my brother because most of the time I wanted to get him like wowed about it and it barely ever worked uh but I think that was that that was kind of the challenge of like trying to get something that made sense and so from from the beginning, I think I started writing my own stuff. 
and it was hugely like uh, uh, comically criticized by like uh, especially when I was in Brazil writing stuff in English in a, in a small town it, it, people would like not even understand what, what where I was trying what to come, what, what I was trying to do yeah <laughs> But it was, I have that vision. I for sure did have that vision that like at some point I would, I would follow the professional path of it. I mean, not professional, just monetarily, but on yeah. the league of professional musicians, of talented people, like the guys I play with, they're fantastic. They're all Berkeley graduates, you know, and I've never been there, but we, there's a mutual, mutual respect, you know? Yeah. I think it's like the every singer songwriter I've ever talked to, kind of felt like you know they start really young and and they just seem to know that they've got the muse yeah. or something like i've been a yeah. big fan of like poetry i was like i used to read all this victorian poetry like wordsworth cool. and tennis yeah. and all this stuff and and william blake and william blake he always to always get me because they like he was never famous in his time right he wrote tiger tiger the fear for life symmetry and all this great stuff right but they were all these etchings and they found him in a farmhouse, like, you know, and he wasn't famous in his time. He became yeah. famous in the Victorian era after people found his work. And when they found his work, they saw this guy that was driven to write all this stuff. And he wasn't even trying to be famous. He just felt like it was like he just had the it's need awesome. to do it. it. Yeah. I really think that that represents a lot of what singer songwriters do, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you just do it because you feel like you've got the passion. You, yeah, and you have to do it. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing happening in your life. I speak from my, like for myself, but that is more thrilling, more exciting that we're talking about dating girls at the age of 16, 17, or friends (laughs) going out for sports. And like, literally I would have people banging on my door. Hey, let's go. There's a party. I'm like, I can't, I got to show you this. Like, ah, and they just leave. (laughs) You know, yeah, like me and my band, like, yeah, I think anytime you choose to be in a band, like, you know, people don't realize, like, when I was like 17, I was with my band in the basement and everybody's partying, like you said, you know, yeah. I'm seven years old and yeah. I'm at band practice. And then you know, I'm 22 years old and I'm at band practice. I'm 24 yeah. years old and I'm at band practice. It's like, you just, there's a certain doubt about thing when you get that dedicated as a musician that you take the time. And yeah. before anybody ever sees you on stage, you're off somewhere working. Oh yeah. To get, yeah. get where you need to be. And there's yeah. like however people think musicians are, we do this and do that. There's a lot of dedication oh, and yeah. a lot of work nobody sees to get yeah. where you end up being when you get yeah. on that stage. You know, you, you oh, end yeah. up putting a lot of work in that nobody knows about. Or maybe Absolutely. your friends know about, but you know, that's what you have yeah, to do. Yeah, and most of the time, especially back then, now it's a little bit more, you know. Uh uh, I don't know, uh, educated about it, but most, it, it wasn't even work. It was just like, stop playing the guitar. We've been playing the guitar for three hours. You know, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Play enough guitar. Let's go to something else. Oh, no, no. Like, I, I remember back then of spending like hours on end and then like not feeling my entire body and like four hours in the same position. And then for like, I would, put my back up like that and the pain you know like i'm like oh <laughs> yeah. yeah and i had to like lay down for a second because i was in the same position like meditating you do not see that you're going through that process for hours that you're in the same position you know yeah like drummers you think about how much work a drummer has to do in a practice right exactly you know, it's, if you're it's playing what... for 
two hours yeah. as a drummer like how much work is that that's a lot of work you know well that's when they ask uh bruce springsteen about hey your shows are almost four hours how do you do it he's like well don't ask me ask my drummer how does he do it how's he do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the drummers and the bass players are like you got to play that long you know you know, it's like it's hard. You know, you got a band with like a horn, like a wind, earth yeah, wind you and don't fire. stop all your members and all like you know, you're like all you're holding the entire thing on your on on on, yeah. on your tempo. You are the like you're the timekeeper. Yeah, you're not the yeah. no drum machine. You're the timekeeper. Imagine yeah. how, how, how every hard song, is. most of the songs has drums. You might like take a break or one or two that he just plays a little guitar there. He, what he do? He drinks water. <laughs> it's like the well, basic. Yeah, you got to drink water. You got to drink water. You got to work out. Yeah. You know, you, you got to have your arms there. You got to have your feet there. Your legs. There's a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, so much technique. You know, they, it, it becomes such like uh, the the a subtle move and becomes like so. It's it's amazing. It's those guys are like with all, all that muscle cool. memory. It's like being a you know an athlete. You know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people really, because there's a lot of muscle memory in being a musician. Like yeah. Right? There's all you you like you know people take that three point shot right well you're playing the guitar and singing like it's like that three point shot you you've got to get your body and your hands and everything in yeah. time and yeah. it becomes like you know you do that song that many times and you just know it your body just exactly. knows yeah. what to do and I just, heard a friend say once and I never forgot he's like you want to like do something right first position yourself right for whatever you're doing you know like because i told yeah. this story about sitting the guitar he's like yeah but i'm like i was 18 i was in my bedroom on my on my underwear you think i'm gonna like really put like the guitar up and play like no it's, right position, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not there you know i wasn't in the mindset of that i was literally going into like the the, the in-between rhythm and 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 lyrics and the, like, how to put the lyrics together or or the melody you know like and more like a writing session rather than like you know how you yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it's a different okay. mindset when you're a writer like you like when i'm in here in my in my in my cave right with all my sense and i'm writing it's like different than when i actually perform it of course. When I, when where I'm are you writing, again? i'm in new hampshire new yeah hampshire, but yeah. like when i'm in my like little crazy room i spend you know as a synthesis i spend so much time designing sounds like yes. what I do timber, yeah. I, Texture, I work on, yeah. Yeah, making the tone because I have machines that can make tones, and so I don't just like go hit a preset. I actually make tones before I start. Of course, yeah, that's that's but the that's beauty like of it. Half, yeah, that's half of what I why I do my the music I do is because I like sound creation of the tones and sound design, and yeah. so that is like a whole different thing than just producing or whatever because you take stuff that you find and i take stuff i create and it's been like you know from the beginning i've always been into that into the idea that these synthesizers can create tones from scratch yeah. you know yeah. and then you can make drums beats from scratch you can create drum sounds from scratch yeah. I create kicks yeah. and yeah. hi-hats and cymbals and stuff my own from my own stuff yeah and so i don't have to sample anybody else's stuff and so they don't have to worry about copyright things and all that. So I just, of course, I just write yeah. my own stuff. And that's like, I think the whole thing with like people playing, you know, natural or organic acoustic or, you know, rock instruments is like, you can write your own thing. You don't have to sample somebody else's thing. You yeah. know, you, you, you write your own melodies, you write your own chord progressions. Maybe you're inspired because you love some other band 
And, yeah. you know, maybe that's why I'm going to get to the next question. It's like your influences, your reference points. Cause a lot of people, you know, I think if you think about the blues, like everybody's going to be playing like a little bit of lead belly, a little bit of how, you know, Robert Johnson, that, that that's in the ether. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. But, but when you get into like trying to write rock songs and stuff, well, there's always the Beatles, there's the Stones, there's like these classic yeah. standard bearers, right? Yeah. And then you got the little niches where you get into different like zones, like grunge and stuff. And I, yeah. I see you like the Queens of the Stone Age and the Food Fighters yeah. and Black Keys yeah. and Radiohead. Everybody's yeah. got their influences, but like you can listen to that and then use like your interpretation of like a Radiohead is not exactly Radiohead. It's like no, you, absolutely not. You listen to Radiohead, and then now you've got something that, because you're inspired by Radiohead. Yes, yes, yeah. But it's like like some people might not even see it. It's like, and what we hear a lot is that they there's a, a mix of so many bands in the four minute length of a song that we write. That is uh, that it's it's almost if they heard the song before, but they like because of so the the it's so close to to what's what's um, what's been digested already by like the music uh, yeah. history or like industry, whatever you want to call it. And, and we are so close to that, but we but there's but they can't pinpoint exactly what it is. And I and I think that that was our goal. We are not trying to reinvent the wheel. We are. We want to be that band that like that we're not trying to solve the problems of the world we're not trying to we're just trying hey you want to like have a good time here have, have a beer let's dance and have a good time you know because there's too much going on out there and i think we need a little bit of lightness it's of cool culture. to have a like you know like like they used to call them like party bands or you know you have you know you, you yeah. had a band that's like a just a straight rock band you know you get into yeah. like like a tom petty or, or you, you oh, into like a, love them Love them. You know, it's like they just made these classic songs, and they're like, "Well, I heard, I hear a little birds, yeah. but then I hear, I hear some like you know some other bands too, because it's like he's got this kind of classic vibe where he's kind of vibing yeah. off, yeah, like band and like Dylan." Uh, our last know, release right now is uh, uh there's a lot of people who have been listening to hear a lot of Tom Petty on the song. It's so it goes. Well, Penny you know, was such a good songwriter that he just created like the classic American Americana, kind of like the band yeah. did, but it more yeah. more less country than the band and more like rock, like a pop yeah. rock. But then he had yeah. that kind of Rickenbacker, so he's got this like twelve string kind of bird sound, and the birds are so unique, right? You know, we have you had to, like you know you had Buffalo Springfield and the birds were playing around with that. That kind of twelve string sound, mm. um, and 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 Petty was able to kind of get in that zone and say, "Well, it's not exactly the birds, it's something else, right?" And so, it, that's what's really cool is like when you can take a sound and it's like, "Well, that sounds kind of like the birds, but it's not." Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly. yeah, it's real always cool. Like I like you like uh, like you like the and, then, and you're almost like and then you're almost like validated to the, the, those fans of that sp specific genre. And yeah. you're like, you're already halfway in their heart, you know? Yeah, because you have something like, if you sound like a little bit like Badfinger, right? Well, you're kind of the Beatles, but you're not. You're yeah. a little bit more poppy than the Beatles and you, yeah. you have this kind of sound, but you're in the same zone. So your Beatle fans are going to listen to you. And yeah. then, then like the Beatle fans will go and listen to like Badfinger. Yeah. You know, and then they'll go listen to like Bad Company because, well, Bad Company's kind of like Zeppelin, but they're not Zeppelin. 
Yeah. They're, they're kind of they're kind of in the same zone, but not exactly. They're more poppy. So there's yeah. like you know, so you get it's always interesting to see where people kind of land in the pop yeah. kind of rock uh stratosphere or, or landscape. Yeah. Just and, and also what they're trying to, to to bring. I mean, there are songs that we we were completely un uh focused and 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 radio friendly or or whatsoever. They're like eight minute, nine minute long with four solo parts. We have this kind of songs, you know, it, it, it's coming out on the on the uh, eight, um, full album, but we haven't pushed them as singles because I mean- Yeah, we, those are the deeper cuts. Those are the things yeah, you play. Exactly. It, yeah, that's for someone who really likes the band and then they go live and they see that like, oh, that's that song. Well, that's what's along, cool you know, about having a rock band. Wait. Well, I think what's cool about having a, rock, a band that actually plays is that you know when you when you have albums, you've got your singles and then you've got your like your live cuts, that are like the deeper tracks. But everybody wants to hear these like longer five, six, eight minute songs, right? And in the seventies, yeah. I'm a child of the seventies, so I'm like, oh yeah, I love like, you know, the Almond Brothers, because they've got yeah. you know, Melissa with like a three minute song, and then they've got their big eight minute, ten minute songs. That when yeah. you went to the concert, okay, you want to hear Melissa, but then you you want to hear one of their epics, you know? Yeah, they, yeah. They go off, and it's like you show the musicianship of the band, and that's yeah. like kind of why you want to go see the Dead or Zeppelin yeah. or the yeah. Stones. You want to get to those deeper cuts that go beyond three minutes. Yeah, yeah. When you're a live music fan, because you're it, like, okay, it, I want to see them. It cut gets loose. harder and harder. It gets yeah. harder and harder for bands like like the stones to like not play ahead to play something like you know the deep cut and people like most there will be some people there like that waiting for years to see him and he's like he didn't play whatever you know like it's tough yeah, when yeah. you get a repertoire that big it's you know you're never going to be he able to, like, wants to hear the, 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 the three minute hits but you know i think a lot of bands yeah. want to go and 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 give people like why oh, yeah, you want to sure. listen to an album yeah. Yeah. versus is a playlist because no we're doubt, living in, no the, in the age of a playlist right yeah so in the age of the spotify playlist and the apple playlist and all these title playlists where you don't really get what you did back in the 70s and like i was again a child of the 70s i would listen to led zeppelin 4 i listened to the whole thing on vinyl because i got it on exactly vinyl. Yeah. Right? And I go get like a Pink Floyd album and then I go in the basement. I'm going on a headphones. I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Wish yeah. you were here. The whole thing all the way yeah. through. And then I'm like trying to understand the concept or listening yeah. to Tommy, right? You know, the, a rock opera or Quadrophenia from The Who. Like, oh, that's a rock opera. I'm going to listen to yeah. both sides, you know, yeah. and, and just sit there for two hours trying to understand what Pete Townsend trying to say. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, yeah. I think that's, that's, um, kind of lost today when people have like a playlist with 20 different bands and they're all just exactly, looking for the beat. Yeah. And, and you have, this is pushed by the entire industry, you know, like it's the quick money making thing. It's not, uh, Zappa said something very cool once in an interview, like that he was explaining why bands like uh, himself and, uh, and huge, like, you know, influencers of, of, of modern music uh the owners of the record label were the 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 a and r's they just walked in a place they had the old guys they had no idea what what was good or not what sells or not to just see a venue the venue is packed people are loving that they just recorded recorded what it is as is they record 
and that would come out and that was albums so experimental and so cool stuff that we have from the 70s and then they hired young guys to become A&Rs and A&Rs had to they had goals to sell and if it didn't sell so they were responsible to what was trending and whatnot uh, yeah. so he what he would do is try to replicate the last success that sold and they looked for bands and try to mold bands into the last thing that worked and it became in this vicious cycle that now it's like it's we have six <laughs> big uh, uh, record studios in the world that records the same guys that come out it's like it, you know it's yeah it's, the like problem is, like, it's always been like even when you go back to the motown days right you had this kind of thing that oh you guys got to write a hit now the cool thing was like the yeah. funk brothers kept on trying different things but they were but the goal was they were trying to get the three minute hit to, to, to really kick out the box right yeah. but the creativity was they would have had these guys that could play like at jazz level right yeah. they could play really the funk brothers and the guys in the motown crew were so good that they they had really good drummers and really good bass players and guitar players, yeah, yeah, horn yeah. players. They could come up with really catchy things, and they would come up with different versions of it. And sometimes yeah. they'd re replicate themselves, but a lot of times they didn't. And that was what was cool back then. Is like, but today people find something and they run it to death. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where before you had a guy that was a jazz musician and he said, well, "Okay, well, let's just work this different." and they physically work it and it actually might be the same song, but they run it in such a way that it actually is yeah. new yeah. versus today where it's actually the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> run totally. it a bunch of different times instead of somebody doing key changes or running it in a different way or doing something really creative and altering it. It's not as creative. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of becomes like boring. And then becomes like a situation where it becomes like you're going to burn out the genre. Like if you have EDM yeah. and you always have the drop in the same position. Yes. Eventually yes. You're gonna, that, that genre is going to get burned out because everybody's yeah. doing the drop at the same time. Everybody's yeah. doing the beat the same way. They're all yeah. using the same samples. They're all using the same kicks. They're all using the yeah. same stuff. And it burns it out like disco. You, yeah. you you burn it out and then it's like okay well now you now you totally destroy and then it becomes it. dated right just a dated thing yeah it's what you, what you want is guys like like Zappa who was this freaking you know amazing like composer and musician that could come in and and do this jazz orchestration awesome rock and roll that is totally coming out of all these different directions. And no way would any modern producer allow him to do what he did. No, no. That's basically what he was saying on the interview. Would, that he would never be uh, signed. Allowed to do what he did. Never be signed. <laughs> that he'd never be signed. I mean, like Hendrix wouldn't get signed. Just because no. Hendrix was breaking the rules. He's coming into the studio and doing feedback. And I was like, what's that? I mean, when Hendrix did the original stuff he was doing, all the engineers tried to EQ it out. And he had to go on the boards and say, hey, Eddie Kramer, don't take that out. Right. And he had to stand his ground and he really fought yeah. hard. And educate, basically educating people, you know, yeah. Pioneers, man. He had to, man, he had to fight. And, you know, the guys, like even the kinks, the, 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 where we get this really heavy guitar on, like, you really yeah. got me, is because Dave, um, 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 Dave Davies uh, uh, from the kinks broke his amp. 
he got pissed off one day in the studio and he broke his amp. I didn't know and that. He, got that he really got me guitar sound. And the engineer said, oh, that's that's like, that's terrible. You can't use that. He said, no, we're going to use it. And then they used it and that became like this really guttural power kind of chord rock sound yeah, that hadn't really cool. been used before. Because it's a it's a it's a mistake. He broke something. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It, yeah, there's there's, there's like like um, <laughs> producers and, and and engineers. They um they they all grow right. We grow together. Everybody's learning from everything. And and then when the experimental part of music production got its turn, chance that was you get nothing but awesome stuff from you know. From that yeah, that's such, a, such a big uh, like push. Every time I tell some, somebody tells me, "Oh, you can't do that key change, or you can't do this, and you can't do that," I'm I'm always like, "Go back, go listen to a Stones record, and tell me if you're in a DAW, would they would the DAW let you do what Keith Richards is doing? Yeah, it would. It Absolutely. would tell you that what he's doing is wrong, and that tells yeah. you right there that you can't listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Because like if you want to write something cool, as cool as what Keith Richards is doing, or as cool as what Curtis Mayfield ever did, it's not the DAW's not going to let you do that. So sometimes yeah. you got to turn the DAW off and just hit the record and play it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a big fan of like of like are you, maybe you should kind of just go with like manually playing it in a groove and letting everybody pick up on the groove and don't care if it fits on the grid. You yeah. know, because grid life is it's cool for certain types of music. Like, yeah. okay, if you're doing hip hop, you're doing rap, you're doing EDM, it's cool to be on the grid. But yeah. don't let let your rock or experimental kind of music be controlled by the grid. Yeah, no, no, no. You yeah, like even me. even the Angelo, like his like his album a couple of years ago, even like such um, genre that demands like to be so. It, it, when it fluctuates, it's so trippy. It's you know, it, like when the temp, yeah. the tempo changes and the voices go whatever, you go like, "Woof, this is amazing!" You know, so that's yeah, what I'm always be... looking for. I'm I'm always a big fan. Like I love the Velvet Underground. You know, yeah, because the, the raw nature of what Lou Reed and the Velvets used to do I is love it, it. it's it's so guttural. And some places say it's very simple, but sometimes being yeah. very simple. And being kind of punk, and being exactly. like a little lo-fi, and it's like, hey, look, you know, look what Ramones did to the history of music. You know, yeah, you don't have to be so clean. I mean, I think some of the problem with some of the music today is a little too clean, it's a little too antiseptic. Yeah. And like, too, I go uh, back I, and I, sometimes a little bit too schooled or too like uh, uh, coached. And now nah, there's there's bedroom things that some people have that. If you bring it to professionals, they're going to try to lapidate it and try to clean it. But some things, sometimes you don't need that, you know? You shouldn't clean. I mean, you should never clean the Ramones. You should never clean the Velvets, you know? Yeah. And if you go even listen to like Mitch Mitchell with the Who, I mean, with um, with Hendrix, Mitch Mitchell's like a jazz drummer. And if he, he's actually not keeping time like a traditional drummer. He's like soloing with Hendrix. Yeah. If you listen to how he drums is kind of like Keith Moon. Keith Moon with The Who, he would solo through the whole song. He's not a traditional drummer. He wouldn't keep time. He would actually pretty much solo, and Pete was actually keeping time on his guitar. And so I've always, like, as a producer, I point people out. It's like, sometimes it's cool to not 
actually do what you think you should be doing. Maybe you yeah. should do something a little bit more loose. Yeah. Maybe not as controlled, have a little more happy accidents. Just yeah. get more, more free with the music and just be kind of more honest with yourself. And then sometimes it's like your third take is better than your 15th take. Yeah. And and you go with the early take just because it's more honest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it sounds I agree. More- it sounds more like what you really wanted to do. And then you started to second guess yourself and then you didn't trust yourself anymore. And then you start like trying to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you overthink it, you know, like it just get goes to, uh, I don't yeah. know. There's some <laughs> a studio that has uh, its expiration time. You, if you know, like there's a bunch of things that go in the, in the musician's head when the, there's the red light clicking, there's, you know, there's the time you're spending there. There's the investment that it needs to be done. There's the the high productivity that is expected. And so there's, you know, it's it's long gone the days that you could people would just pay half a million dollars in studio and stay as long yeah, as you, you can't want spend six it. months in the studio like you like the stones could spend six months in a mansion. Yeah, you know, yeah, in, in a basement just running for you know, an almonds could spend like five exactly. months somewhere that's you can't not happen do anymore. Anything. We spend yeah. a long time of um, uh, crafting the songs, whether it's in practice space or live or playing, you know, those songs out to feel it. But once we get in studio, is a couple hours. It's like yeah, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's kind of like like I, I kind of get upset sometimes when I see like how little time we get to be in the studio. But yeah. then, like so many people, you know, because of COVID, have been doing like their own thing. Yeah. And with their own home studios, so they're kind of getting back to this kind of old school, yeah, where, where they're able to put the time in yeah. that they want because they say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to get perfect, but I'm going to get my full idea done, yeah, without the what? time constraint, you know, and then exactly. maybe that maybe it might not be sonically perfect, but it yeah. actually musically is more interesting. But that that usually is kind of a standard in, in, in bands to have their pre-production uh, production made home or like, you know, through very like uh, low quality audio recording. But they have that as their guide when they go into, into the studio. The studio. You, know, you, you press play to that so you can show the entire like people who are getting involved to that uh, session to understand what it is. And then you usually just leave the lead vocal there. So if you're not recording all live, you know, which is, I mean, I, I, I like to record live, but overdubs of vocals are always, you know, a good thing to do. Is, is yeah. Well, I think it brings out, there. brings out the song. Cause then once you start doing all the overdubs, you add, you add what, like what the production engineering to a song, yeah. you know, is, you know, I was listening to like uh, a Tom Petty again, uh, damn their torpedoes. They were talking about how they built the record. Yeah. And they were showing how Tom was overlaying his vocals. Yeah. And, and adding all these parts in that. And, you know, what you can do live versus what you do in the studio. Yeah, it's a different universe. And so it's yeah. like, what's your opinion? Like, when you go to play live, you play a song a certain way. But when you go to do the studio version of a song, you start to d- do things to, like, you know, pretty it up or do things you can't do live. Yeah, yeah. You do yeah. things that, like, that's kind of, there's a beauty to that, too. Like, uh, Nirvana, when they like they recorded like uh, guitars twenty seven times, thirty times of the same guitar. Yeah. That's it was like, what are you that. talking about? You know, <laughs> you're gonna get thirty guitar players with thirty amps on stage. 
So that yeah. you just do bang, bang, you go, you go, gang, gang, like it's the size of that, you know. But it's kind of like this thing where this, it, it, that 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 to me is kind of like what happened in the seventies with like Pink, the Pink Floyd and George Martin and the Beatles, is the studio became an instrument. And so when you yeah. do an album, you have like the album's going to represent a piece of art of things that you can't necessarily do live, but it's going to make the song have 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 a statement that's yeah. different than what you do live. And so it's like this artistic statement that's exactly. way beyond what you can really do yeah. in real life. And, and, and it becomes like a, the, uh, you take a picture of that song, it's a photography of a song. When you record it in studio and you have that, you, you make it like look beautiful or whatever you want to do there. But most songs, they live on and then live, because you've been playing that song four times a week, the, um, naturally the guitar player says hey give me a couple like you know give me like 24 bars and he's gonna go yeah. do whatever he wants you know and then yeah, like yeah. the drummer does whatever he wants and then you look at each other and and he gives you like hey you know and you know that like in in four you're gonna go back to the chorus you know and that's and that comes automatically being in the band and practicing and playing i like i i think that booking keeping keeping the band on on stages on all over the place and 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 with some with some high frequency you know like like often playing with the band live is the key thing to make a band last you know oh yeah if you, you got definitely shows. have playing together like the whole core you know because yeah. there's so much music today that actually doesn't depend on that it's kind yeah, of like exactly you know, like a music director and it's in the box and then yeah. people are singing off of these like recorded back and tracks. Yeah, but like, have... like, <laughs> not making the, um, the mistake of like, oh no, we play too much, and that's it. no. If you are world touring for two years and you don't stop, the band will most likely break, like Guns and Roses. Or yeah, but yeah, I'm talking if you're over, to if constantly, you're <laughs> yeah, if constantly, confidently playing shows at your hometown or like like here and there now or like. Every like the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want that. But if you're playing like a couple of shows a month at in a comfortable pace and like you know, get the band always together, because it makes you if you play live, it makes you practice. Practice yeah, makes yeah. you jam. Jam makes you write new songs. Writing new yeah. songs makes you go to the studio. Going to the studio makes you you record and master and like uh, add it and like make a song right to release. Releasing the song gets you all the work of like talking to press talking to things and that brings you back to playing it live because now you have new music to play live I think it's all so about a, it's a balance it's like it's like you yeah. see what happens to bands where that got out of balance like you said yeah. like guns and roses like the eagles they yeah. ran into this problem where both of those bands were kind of forced because of their own success to be running the hits every night all yeah. over the world to the point that they burned themselves out. They put, they yeah. got mad at each other. They yell at each other. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. it became not fun because yeah. if you get, when I heard the Eagles got to a point where they were finding each other, if they didn't play hotel California, exactly as it was on the record. And then I'm like, well, is that really fun? Because if you ask the Almond brothers, right, they never played their songs the same way. They, yeah. they kind of stayed in the same zone, but the fun yeah. of the band, of a jam band, 
is you're going to let them come out like a jazz band and a jazz band like Miles Davis. They don't play bitches brew the same every day. Exactly. They, they, they different interpretations. And the Hendrix experience was like that. Yeah. You go back and listen to how many times all the different performances Hendrix did with the experience. And like every night was a little different. Yeah. You know, and that is what I think keeps you wanting to do it. Because yeah, if you feel like yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta play this song note for note exactly the way I wrote it. I'm like, really? I'm not gonna really be into that. Because yeah. <laughs> you know that's fun to a certain extent to say to get the precision, but I think it's more fun yeah, when yeah, you come yeah. out like a Dylan. Dylan used to come out with songs from like, um, like um, Tangled Up in Blue, and he's got multiple versions with different yeah. lyrics. Yeah. And then some nights he would come out with a different version of it that had a little bit it's different beautiful story. yeah and that shows the artistry for whoever's there seeing life is seeing a treat you know you're giving someone the like you remember back in the day with the boot, bootleg uh recording of a live show and you see yeah, your yeah. band play a song completely different from the album and that was gold you know i, I think it's gold i love that i love listening to like yeah. Neil Young playing like yeah. stuff from like uh, with crazy horse and him running different versions of zuma yeah or and even the, the, whatever they would talk it's it would bring it brings such a uh, legit feeling of, yeah. of uniqueness you know well i think it's really cool when you get a guy like a neil young or a dylan and they choose because the way they feel that night to change the lyrics yeah. or to add yeah. a verse and yeah. it's such a treat when you're a fan and you're like, oh, I got this version where he changed these four lines. Yeah. You know, and and I've got stuff. I'm a big collector. So I've got all this stuff from the band and the Dylan and the Hendrix and the Doors. Yeah. Where Jim Morrison went and did a different version of the end. And it got different lyrics than this one. And I'm like, that's so cool. Because I like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's this, it's this to me, it's, I love when somebody does that. I I, I just yeah. I, I actually like that better than them just doing it the same way every night. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, but so very few can, hard. you know. Very few are able to. Well, it's hard. I mean, so once you've it's got your hard. song, some people yeah. just walk out and stick with it because that's what it is. Well, yeah, but and the, also like the band. Sometimes like the band has to be so connected to you that to see that you're going where are you going and like it's. It takes, you know, it takes yeah, a lot a of road. Ability. It takes road. <laughs> it takes miles into that, you know? You'll be able to handle that. So let, yeah. let me get into like what you're doing with your next um, project. Because you said you got a brand new project coming, right? Yeah, we got a release. It's actually we have a residency going on uh, between Bari and the sister venues, like uh, Bari Electric, uh, oh. um east uh, berlin here in, in in new york and we're playing uh, a show a month and we're releasing um a song every month and we're starting with this one that's called la and uh it's the one that kind of have that tom petty vibe uh and yeah it's it's it should you guys should come out if you're in the new york area and follow us and we'll give you all the details on that on that and yeah, we got a November tour uh, in the West Coast. There's a bunch of there's there's a lot going on. <laughs> so is that going to all come out? Um, when when's the like the project coming out? Uh, I think January or February is when the album is coming out. The full album. But you'll be you'll, you'll be playing some of it in these shows. You'll be previewing it. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be playing those songs, and 
we have uh, there's like videos coming out for those things there's some um, mm. good press coming out this it's it's a good moment we're finally getting back you know as if it was 2019 <laughs> so if people go out to the velvix.com they'll they'll be able to they get your tour dates yeah, and it's where you're going to be there. where yeah. everything's going to be that, that we've got it running so when this is out there on the permanent link we we always encourage everybody go to the band website if yeah. you got merch merch we buy got, their merch we got some merch yeah yeah buy the merch buy the records don't don't just stream the records download the records yes you know, yes favorite the records hit the like add it to a playlist this is real important yes. Do you like invite your friends out, you know, whenever yeah. we're nearby, invite your friends to see some good live music because we promise you we're going to deliver a good show. Yeah, and if you're in the area, go see the band. Like like when you've yes. got a band that's playing, go see the band. Yeah. And if you're into yeah. the band, then go see them. Like I'm a big fan of like Parliament and Almonds, right? And I used to, yeah. back in the day, i go see Almond Brothers three days in a row. Yeah, I'd go that's see beautiful. That's three awesome. days in a row. i go see Funkadelic yeah. three days in a row. Because the bands like that every time i went to see the next day it wasn't the same show it was yeah. different and that and yeah. that's, that's why you wanted to go again you know because yeah. it was like yeah. you didn't nowadays per jam is still doing that they play three stadium nights and it's three sets because eddie eddie's a big fan of old music you know he he, yeah. he, loves, he loves the who and the who yeah. were famous for doing that he yeah. loves that you know zeppelin a lot I of know it, it's it, it's so much respect. You have so much respect for the artist. Like if you just see three shows and you didn't listen to the same the uh, uh, same song twice, you're like, what? Well, Pearl Jam <laughs> makes a lot of money. They sell like every show they do. You can buy. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they've like so ever, ever since they've been doing it, they put out every single live yeah, show. Yeah, it, it comes back and to what we're saying to the bootleg era. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it because it's not it's not the same thing. It's like when you listen to the yeah. to Pearl Jam, they're they're very much in the tradition of the Dead and Funkadelic, and you know, so cool. You know, and, and you have the the team for that, and the like. You know, the moment like before you get to the next city, you can download that show somewhere else. You know, there's an audio audio, audio engineer taking care of that and making sure that it's going to be up in the website, which generates a lot of of, of interaction, and it's it's smart. Well, I think it's cool for the fans. You know, I've always been a big fan of that because I love the grunge era because what I liked about what happened when Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, and um, you know, Soundgarden, all those bands came out with Alice in Chains, it kind of brought, brought back musicianship, you yeah. know, to the level sure. of what had been done in the 60s. You know, because yeah. you, yeah. you had some bands that were kind of playing games, not to put them down, yeah. but they were kind of like, they were doing these MTV kind of, corporate bands that were yes, kind of, of yeah. built to like okay like smoke and mirrors yeah <laughs> and yeah then then you got kurt and it's like sub pop and like that's a real band not to come down but you're, it's yeah. a real band because kurt you felt like he really meant what he was doing yeah right? and when exactly. eddie gets on stage and he's jumping and climbing the rafters yeah he's like, yeah he's into what he's doing he he believes yeah. He believes. Yeah, and that and, and that is just fascinating. And that really influences generations. And like like I said, a thirteen year old kid will look at and watch that show and leave the place mesmerized. And a seventy year old dude will be the same. And it's just universal. Yeah, it shows you what music can be. It can elevate. Yeah. Like you see, like yeah. a Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder, or even when you saw, you know, like Soundgarden, and, and you could yeah. see Chris Cornell and he hitting those notes. It's like, yeah. 
you know, just believe in, in what you're doing that you, that you, you, you're trying to be like your idols. They're trying to be like what, yeah. what, what Robert Plant used to do, you know, yeah. what, what, what like uh, Roger Dalton used to do that yeah. they would get we, up there and believe it, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to, to uh, pull off something silly and uh, you know, like uh uh, like the little like west coast and, and east coast like rivalry with rock and you know we're like trying to get a, a band from there from la to engage in this so we can like you know start like oh, mutually yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah and mutually promote each other and then mutually develop like and eventually like like you know have a, have a show together. Yeah. 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 Touring, you know, like, yeah. Well, you know, that's what I was doing a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, in July, I did this thing called the Peg Bedroom Festival. And what we did is we took every podcast guest we had had and we asked them, do you guys want to take three days and have this online festival? And we're going to do it again in November. And what we did, we ended up having 22 bands. We had interviewed 70 bands since 2018. And we wow. had like 22 bands play over three days um like for almost like eight hours a day of just live streaming them from from their wherever they were for like doing 30 minute sets and 45 minute That's sets awesome. and so we, we invite you like we're going to try this again in november and maybe oh you're yeah kind of remember yeah. like, november 19th through the 21st we're going to do the second peg bedroom producer festival but basically we just take any november band, 22nd no, November um, 19th through the 21st. Okay. Of this year. Um, we're going to do a, a live stream where we allow bands to just play from wherever they are, a half hour set through That's this, awesome. through this. And you basically you just set, set up your band, set up a webcam, set up your soundboard and just play. And, All right. And, I, I think it, I, I love it. And then we're going to do it like, let's really work on to, to even if we're on the road, we find a studio and see if we can pull it off. Yeah, if you, if you, if you get to find a place where you are, you just run a webcam, you know, we, 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 yeah. we, we can help people with like, uh, there's different tools where we found a way to do a multi-camera shot using OBS virtual cool. webcam. So you could use your laptop webcam and another camera that you can yeah, we've done smart. like a two shot, two shot thing you know where you that's can have two camera yeah. angles and you know and you can have up to three if you're using this obs it's a free tool um and it this this actual platform supports it and so we would and then we who, who chooses which camera is going to be like well well obs the is the, the, well, no the obs is a tool that allows yeah. you to connect up to three different webcams yeah but your, who's gonna like direct you know cut to camera one camera two well, but they actually all three cameras show up on the screen at once uh you, you the viewer choose what to watch yeah no they actually see all three camera angles all on one screen mm. you have cool. like you end up having like three windows open like you got see there's two windows open here you can yeah. have you would end up having three or four windows you got, got it. Four. and so got every it. window has a different angle of the band now if you have got a it. video switcher you can switch but if you don't have yeah. a switcher you can just let all four camera angles just be there and, and what's Very cool is then you have like this, you know, you see the singer on this angle or you see the, it just yeah. gives you a, a better than just one picture. It gives you multiple. Yeah, of course, angles. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Just, you know, it's just when you're doing what you can and you don't have yeah. all, all the bells and whistles, it gives you a way exactly. to present, present yeah. yourself. Kind of cool, kind of underground look, but it does give your 
you know, more interesting look than just a dead on one view. Um, Very cool. It's just a cool thing you can do. But yeah, we're just excited to um, give the indie world like a free venue. And we also That's found so cool. a way with the next version of this is we can actually connect it to Facebook ticketing. And Facebook ticketing allows people to actually charge like a dollar to five dollars a ticket. And you can actually make it so the band could actually charge tickets. Now, whether or not somebody actually buys the ticket, we don't know. But there's ability with all these virtual things like we're trying to make it so, well, maybe you could actually do it. Because if you charge a dollar for a virtual ticket and then 3,000 people show up, Exactly. That's, that's yeah. not so bad. <laughs> no, that's that's the the tour. The tour is is paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you a, paid your not tour. So not so bad. It actually is like well, that yeah. seems low, but but like, what if ten thousand people show up online? Yeah, it's not, it's not so bad. <laughs> no, absolutely um, not. So so yeah, there's different things you can do, um, and we're trying to get on the cutting edge of what we can do, and so we're just providing like, every one of our guests. Uh, we put it out there that we're going to do that, and. Um, yeah, we we invite you to be a part of it if you want. Yeah, no, I, I I'd totally be down for it. Absolutely, I'm sure the band will be stoked. Yeah, yeah, we, we just think we need to give indie artists, you know, as much help as they can because you know, with all the venues that closed, doing this stuff online is a good way to engage with your fans. It's a good way to connect, and um, we just love to do this. So, like, when your EP is ready, um, or you have got other stuff, we always have our bands come back. We've had multiple episodes over the last three years where we have bands come back, do like album release That's episodes so cool. awesome, and different yeah. things. So yeah, if you want to do that, you can come back. But right, you right. Know, basically, this is going to go out um, as it is on all the channels we're on. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook. We'll give you the permanent links once we're off the air. But then we'll also convert to audio through our partner, Anchor FM. And so this will be on Spotify and apple and nine other platforms great cool. radio public and stitcher here, and i want i want to get you i want to get us also on our social media here smile okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we yeah. just like encourage people to uh you know to help us do this for free um check Good. out our link we do have a merch store for the ghost and you can buy a shirt like like what i'm wearing today you can see the ghost uh hoodie nice so yes. this, is our, this is our logo and so we've got yes. like a, a hoodie and we've got t-shirts and this is the hoodie version but uh very cool yeah and we've got a merch store it's on our instagram it's on our facebook you can check it out um and so that's all we ask people just to check it out like anybody else it, it helps us uh do this for free for the artists that we talk to but um very cool thank you for being on the show we, we really were excited to have thank you immensely yeah, it was a joy. It's I mean, we could talk for hours. Uh, you know, I'm sure if we sit in a, in a bar and then we forget, like, turn yeah. the phone off, we're going to talk for five hours. <laughs> well, I think musicians, we all get, I think the the cool thing I wanted to do with the show is being a musician myself. I said, well, what happens if a musician actually interviews musicians instead yeah. of having somebody that's not a musician? Yes. Because yes. then, they, then they're going to ask certain questions that somebody that's not a musician might not know what to ask. Yes. You, you were so, in the like, shoe of a musician. So, like, yeah. You can you can <laughs> hold uh, like an hour of interview and, and it do, you don't even see the time passing, you know? Yeah, I'm not trying to ask you about your girlfriend or what you're doing, yeah. and, you know, on the social media. Because there's different guys that are doing different things, and that's yeah. that's that's what they do. But I'm like, I want to get into the music. <laughs> very cool, very cool. All right, so thank you very much for being All on right. the show.
We'll have Thank you, you on. Back. And let's stay in touch. You know, you have you yeah. know how to reach out. So reach out anytime. Okay. Thank you. All have right. Have a good have night. Bye.